Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor. We are bringing this show to you in an effort to showcase all the wonderful nonprofits in our community. We also want to educate you on resources available and how you might want to use your passion to get involved and give back. I have two guests today, which is always very exciting. Mark Fairbanks, who is the executive director of Island of Brilliance, and Michael Hostad, who is the fo- uh, the co-founder of Light the Hone, and um, and how they work together. Because one of the things about doing this show too is to um, bring everyone out and you know give them opportunities if there is a way of collaborating and maybe doing more. And that's exactly what you guys have already done. <laughs> so let's start, Mark, with you. Um, Island of Brilliance. It sounds like it's a place in Hawaii or ah. something. <laughs> But it's, it's right here in Milwaukee. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. You know, I always say, what's the why? Yeah. Um, the, one of the most encouraging and beautiful things about this radio show for me has been hearing the stories mm-hmm. of what's prompted people to really take a step out and try to create something to help others. Yeah. So Islands of Brilliance, uh, it's, the origin story has been told many times, and uh goes back to my wife, Margaret, and I, and I have two sons, Charlie and Harry, and Harry's our youngest. And just before the age of three, he was identified on the autism spectrum. And our story, I think, mirrors a lot of other parents' story who have children who are, 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 are identified, is that uh, during the diagnosis, there's also a prognosis. And we were told that, um, you know, all the things Harry wouldn't do or accomplish in his life at and this yeah. is at the age of three, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, you won't be ready for first grade. Don't plan on, on him going to college. So you can imagine as a parent that you're already reeling with this diagnosis and what does it mean and autism is, you know, a mystery and there's no cure or anything. And then you're hit with this, uh, lower your expectations, honestly. And we refuse to accept that. And uh, I think we told the neurologist uh I, I said uh, he will be ready for first grade and will determine what he's capable of doing. And that was that. So there's no roadmap. Uh, there's no roadmap for any child, right? But it's particularly a child who's uh, identified on the spectrum that there wasn't a lot of services. There's not a lot of guidance. So we were kind of left to figure it out. Now, we are lucky. This is back in 2001 that at the time, Harry uh, was able to get an early intervention education. So his education or, or learning at that point at the age of three, had it had a high support rate that doesn't exist anymore. So this, the teachers there impressed upon Margaret about you have to figure out ways to connect with him and communicate, uh, socialize, because the behaviors that you're seeing are really related to his inability to communicate and express himself. So at the time, she was an actress. She didn't. <laughs> radio spots and on-camera things, and I was in advertising and design. So she called upon her improv skills, if you will, to connect with them because he was not making eye contact, not speaking. And his thing was Thomas the Tank Engine, which is a common (laughs) area of interest for uh, young kids on the spectrum. So all day long, he'd be playing with the wooden trains or watching videos, and she says, I'm just going to 
act like I'm a train. And, you know, picked up one of the characters and started talking like, you know. And he turned and made eye contact with her. So it was this little moment, but it was a breakthrough, a shift, shift because she went to where he was rather than trying to pull him out. So she jumped on that as a means for learning opportunity. So then math became about Thomas and trains, and writing became about it, and reading and all these. So he made these incremental gains over the course of a few years, enough so that the the teachers marveled at it. And Margo went back to get her her master's in special education, Mm -hmm. so she's a special ed teacher now. So over the course of a few years, he made progress, and... um, by the time he was about seven, eight years old, I noticed that he was using technology a lot. So he'd be on YouTube and watching, you know, like stop motion Lego videos. But the interesting thing is he's commenting in the threads. So he's carrying on conversations, whereas peer-to-peer at school, that's difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. that's ambiguous, but doing it, you know, in type and things like that. So I thought that's really... he has really... more control when he's yes. doing it. Yeah. So I thought that was... Really interesting that technology was kind of this level of the playing field for him, if you will. I filed that. <laughs> and, um, and we that, have a great big Rolodex, don't we? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> the older you get, yes. the bigger it is and the harder to access <laughs> it becomes. Um, so then he was interested in what I was doing in software. So I was you know, an art director, so I did design and things like that. And I was working in Adobe Illustrator one day, and he was watching me. He says, Dad, can I try that? So I literally gave him five minutes of instruction, like, here's how you make a square. Here's how you do type, things like that, and just left him alone to play. And a half hour later, he comes back and says, Dad, come look what I did. And he had drawn Percy from the Thomas the Tank Engine. And it was recognizable. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, this great thing. But he, the, the cool thing is... He had figured out how to use tools I hadn't shown him how to use in order to make what he wanted. And he connected the dots. Yes. <laughs> so then I showed him, here's how you download a photo. And here, so now I can't, suddenly I can't get him off my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so in the course of, what, five, six years, he's gone from being completely in his own world and crossed over into mine using professional software, telling stories. So I don't know. It took... It literally took a couple of weeks, and then the dots started connecting for me, right? And I went to Margaret. So she was, I think she was just about graduating from getting her master's. I said, what what if we put together a program where we match kids one-on-one, you know, with a professional mentor? We let them use their area of interest in order to create projects. What kind of support would we need? What would that look like? And so we kind of talked about it, and then the the name was there, Islands of Brilliance, and we decided let's try launching this. Now it took a couple of years because I didn't know anything about nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a for-profit guy; I'd been an entrepreneur, <laughs> but it's like God that you're going to have to have a board and raise money and all these things. And then around, in I think around 2010, 2011, which is when I went first met Michael, I became involved in the startup community in Milwaukee, and I learned lean method or lean startup methodology, which means you start very small with an experiment, a minimum viable product, mm-hmm. and prove out that you know how that works so that's the approach we took with islands of brilliance originally and we uh we talked to paul kroniak who was who was at the time running discovery world and i kind of gave him a five minute pitch on it and he loved it so we tested it at discovery world in 2012 with seven students and then seven professional mentors so we what the the questions we had were would people want to do this uh professionals are busy seems like a lot to ask you know to to do this pairing but we had 20 people come to our first meetup, and we selected seven, and we started the program, and it was this magic. Meant to be. Meant to be. Brilliant. Like life-changing. Yes. 
and and there were residual benefits in it for the volunteers as well as we knew there'd be something there for 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 students and and parents as well so little by little it grew by word of mouth and then by 2016 it became our full-time job so this year you know we grew from seven this year uh we'll have over 500 enrollments we started a digital academy which is identifying the students with the greatest aptitude in design 3d modeling and coding and when we had this idea I wanted to start talking to the community about it, and one of the first people I talked to was Michael Hostet. I think and, I and he, and uh, what I didn't know at the time is he was, do, he was doing this Light the Hone project. Yes. So that became like, that sounds like it's a great workshop or a way, a first project for our digital academy. So that's how some of this starts merging. <laughs> merging? <together. laughs> I think we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we'll come back, and I, I'd like to, if you could give us some definitions on coding and things for people who maybe don't fully understand sure. what, what that looks like right. when the kids come in. But I remember watching something on TV, and it just was fascinating where they had discovered that many of the children with those types of um, disabilities were in love with Disney. Mm-hmm. And they related to the characters right, yeah. on Disney. And as long as they were in the character world, they were safe. Yeah. And they grew. Yeah. And so I think that it, that's really yeah. interesting. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was sort of an accident that they found that out, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so much of it is. Um, my guest today is Mark Fairbanks. He's the executive director of Island of Brilliance. And I do want to say something about this, that he mentioned that his son, Harry, almost it was predicted or it was told to you that he won't go to first grade and never going to go to college and lower your expectations. And um, Harry has just completed his first year at the University of Wisconsin. We have an update on our website. So he's third year already. Third year. Yes. At the Peck School of Arts, making the first semester the dean's list with a 3.866 GPA. Yeah. You've got to be so proud. Don't get me started. I mean, it just (laughs) almost makes me cry. I mean, seriously, it makes me cry because... There's so many people that don't have the courage or don't even have the beginning to fight back Mm -hmm. in their own mind for that very first thing that you said is he will go to first grade. And I think when people can hear stories like this and if they do have a child or a grandchild, it gives them hope and it gives them the Mm -hmm. courage to, to step out of, I mean, I still remember when I started this company, (laughs) my boss said, you're going to fail. And you'll be back. See that chair over there? That'll be your office again. And I remember getting in the elevator thinking, you'll work for me before I'll work for you again. (laughs) (laughs) Defiance. It was like that, you know, and you did that. You absolutely were able. But so many people are just whipped out, and Mm -hmm. they can't. They can't foster that hope themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am just really excited that yeah. you've got yeah. this to share with everyone. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to um, – we're going to still keep talking to Mark, and we're going to talk to Michael Hostad, who is the co-founder of Light the Hone. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor. If you'd like to hear um, this show, if you've got someone that you would like to send it to that would really benefit by this information, just go to our website. It will be on there, and you can send it off. Then you can hear it again if there's anything um, that maybe you missed, you know, and if you didn't catch the beginning. I have two guests today, Mark Fairbanks, and he is the executive director of Island of Brilliance, and also um, Michael Hostad, who is the co-founder of Light the Hone downtown, the Hone Bridge. And when we took the break, Mark was talking a little bit about how they have um, partnered together to work with the Island of Brilliant students. And first, Mark, if you could, I mean, some of the things I don't even understand, like the coding and <laughs> and some of that, if you could give us a little bit more insight into that. But what I'm familiar with is my children and my grandchildren going to school, regular schools. How does this fit into that program? And what does it look like for them, for the students when, when they come there? there? I guess there are a number of different terms. Most known is probably out-of-school learning. So so a lot of our workshops are run on the weekends or after school, and it's really project-based learning. So they're learning through making something, right? So that might be a design poster on their favorite subject. So we see a lot of stuff about Pokemon and uh, Minecraft and Disney you alluded to earlier. That's where we started out. Now it has evolved into what is called STEM-based learning. So that could be coding for software, could be 3D modeling, could be virtual reality. So the Light the Hone project that we're working on now combines uh, design, coding, 3D modeling in a virtual reality environment. So if you think of the Oculus headsets mm-hmm. where you actually are in a virtual environment, that's what we'll be creating with our first cohort is a virtual experience of the inner harbor with the bridge lit up. And there'll be different ways where you can interact to change the lighting sequence on the bridge and things like that. So from a technology standpoint this is pretty advanced so if you if you look at who we're partnering with with UWM's immersive media lab there's also a group called outer rim studios our students are going to be working on these really advanced technologies so what does that mean for Milwaukee as a community which you know right now you might have heard of the tech hub initiative and wanting to hire more and more people in technology related skill sets so here's a great example of of uh, a dynamic partnership between Light the Hone, Islands of Brilliance, UWM Immersive Media Lab, and Outer Rim coming together to create this experience that we'll be working on it in the next month or so that I think is just going to knock people's socks off. So it's it's really high-profile opportunity for us to demonstrate the capabilities of our neurodiverse talent. And, and that's to, the key. And to start a new conversation. Right. Right. And, you know, I think so many of us get stuck on something that we think is true or Mm -hmm. a perception of something. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor that met with you in the Mm -hmm. very beginning, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it was. Here are the things. And everybody's alike. It's a cookie cutter business, you know, and it's not. Right. And so that's great. One thing I'm curious about Mm -hmm. with what the um, kids are capable of doing, it sounds like they would be absolutely fabulous at doing animated film. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. Right. We the, the interesting thing in, in Digital Academy is now is we are asking students 
we have an idea of where their strengths lie, mm-hmm. but we're also inviting them to participate in that. And that's not, you know, that's not common a lot of times in, you know, traditional mm-hmm. education. We're asking them to identify their strengths and what they want to work on. So we know that certain students are really gifted at illustration and design. We know that others are really kind of the, the, the tech savvy, that they'll be good 3D modelers or coders. But we're giving them a voice in what they want to learn and what they want to work on. And I think that's very different from a lot of models that you see. You're, one of the things that I heard you say in the beginning was that um, Margaret went to him. Right. And so you haven't lost the reason right. that you started it because you're going to them. Yes. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And I think, you know, a lot of what we do is transferable to everyone. I mean, we're all unique learners, right? Mm-hmm. All of us learn and develop at, at, uh, at our own rate. And I think when we look at our, you know, students and candidates, like we're providing them the appropriate amount of support that they need in order to be successful. And that, I think, is transferable into a lot of different areas. So, Michael, your turn. All right. <laughs> Michael Hostad, <laughs> who is the co-founder of Light the Hone. And this is an extremely exciting project to me. I talked to Ian, you know, yeah. long, long time ago yeah. and um, got very excited about it. And last year for Christmas, we gave each one of our employees a light yep. um, that they could light. And we also wanted them to feel really a part of the community, which I think right. from the standpoint of um, businesses and grandchildren or whatever, I mean, you know, we put you up in lights. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I, love, I love the concept behind it. Michael, you have been sitting here the entire time that Mark has been talking with the smile on your face. <laughs> I can't that help I keep, it. Yeah. I, I, I keep sitting there going, this guy is so happy, both of you. <laughs> so... Beyond being such good friends, what has really touched your heart? I can see it has in such a way about what Mark is doing. I mean, there's some. I mean, you just have this. You're looking at him and encouraging him and smiling, him, and I just think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Mark and I have worked together and been friends for for years, long before this whole like the home <laughs> thing uh, happened. And so he's often someone I go to when you know big things are happening or if I'm struggling. I'm just like, Mark, you want to get a beer? And <laughs> and we do. And so for me, I knew of Mark's day job back in the day when you were doing design and, okay. and, and working at Translator and then knew of the Islands program that was sort of happening. But it wasn't until we really started talking about Light the Hone that I really came to understand just the level of impact that, that Islands has on kids, of course, but families and, and the community at large. And so when we were talking about Light the Hone and I was sort of lamenting a, a challenge that we were dealing with in the project and Mark was able to make that connection, it was just like a light bulb went off for me. No uh, pun intended. No pun intended. Wow. I, I just speak in like light bulb puns now. You know, I don't even realize it. Um, so I'm losing friends. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the, the connection point there was, was really huge for us because in the beginning, Ian Abston, my co-founder for Like the Hone, we set out to do this and said, this can't be just about putting lights on a bridge. It has to be about so much more than that. It has to be about community. community. Because not everybody sees that bridge. Not everybody can see those lights on the bridge. I mean, here we are in Pewaukee and where you're located, but you gave the gift of light uh, to people over Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so that, because that meant something to you. And so for us, partnering with Islands was really huge to be able to have 
yet another example of how this project is about more than, than just installing lights on a bridge. It's about giving students an opportunity. It's about breaking through some of those perceptions about what a neurodiverse kid can or can't mm-hmm. do. And and for us, that's what this project's all about. Ian and I, for as much as we've had people supporting us, we've also had people saying, you can't do this. You're crazy. And so it, it aligns in a lot of those ways for us just personally to be like, Yes, we can, and we are, and we're doing it. Just like Mark said to the doctor, yes, Harry will go to first grade, and he will go to college. And so so not only from the perspective of the two projects merging together, it's 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 that like power of we're, we're going to do this, and we're going to change things. You know, it, it's so funny because um, one of the things that I talk a lot about is the magic that happens when you tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't mean a lie against that but sometimes it's so hard to talk about having a child with a disability or Mm -hmm. it's you know but it's through that collaboration you found something really special that you could find within yourself but also within the project you you didn't even suspect was laying dormant there Uh -uh. just waiting to shine and and i really believe that one of the things and the whole reason behind this radio show is to bring people together in in common thought and heart Mm -hmm. and when you see a collaboration like this that happens I mean it's so exciting to see that and one of the things also Mark we're going to come back and we're going to take a break and then Michael I want you to go into the whole process of the hone and how that started and then our last segment is going to be kind of bringing this all together but one of the things Mark when you were talking about brilliance and you know I was sitting here and I love it and all of a sudden I realized what it means (laughs) is that each one of those children are considered an island (laughs) of themselves (laughs) and uh, how you have been able to help them shine and mm-hmm. and you know it's really I remember in church oh so many years ago and pastor I think it was was talking about how there was this one little candle that was he said I'm just this one candle why am I this candle and everybody over there is so bright you know and you know and the whole idea was when you bring everybody together yeah the brightness that comes mm-hmm. yeah. and so you have really brought the whole group together so it's not your son only right it's a lot of people but i love the name island of brilliance mm-hmm. it's just um and you know what there's so many kids out there that are islands too so yeah. and parents don't really know how to mm-hmm. how to do this right. so this is great we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about light the hone and how it got started and what's all happening because um, there's some fun stuff going on yeah You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I have two guests today. I have Mark Fairbanks, who is the executive executive director of the Island of Brilliance, which is actually the children that he works with, and his own son, which is just absolutely beautiful. And then also Michael Hostad, who is a co-founder of Light the Hone. And as we ended our last segment, we were just talking about how these two organizations came together to work together and um, why Michael is sitting here with this huge smile on his face every time (laughs) that Mark says something, which is absolutely beautiful. Tell us a little bit more, Michael, about how the idea came for Light the Honan. I know that what you're looking to do is not just light up downtown Milwaukee, which is absolutely beautiful, but to um, spark an interest in people Mm -hmm. in other things that are going on. And so what does that look like? Yeah, well, 
maybe I'll just kind of give you a little bit of background to how this all mm-hmm. came to be, because I think that that really tells the story uh, and answers your question uh, nicely. My day job is that I work at an organization called the Greater Milwaukee Committee, and we have access to 200 plus CEOs and executives and community leaders and so forth, uh, probably an area I have no business being in whatsoever. <laughs> My co-founder, Ian Abston, uh, is, is a similar community leader. Um, he has access to similar networks. We're both under 40 years old. Um, and over time, we kept hearing these business leaders saying, you know, where's the next generation of leaders? When are they going to step up? And Ian and I would always leave those meetings and be like, we're, we're right here, you know, <laughs> and there's a whole lot more of us uh, that are raising their hand and wanting to be a part of this. So we had this idea to create this this group called Hone uh, that would connect young uh, emerging leaders with uh, the current generation of leadership for the purposes of knowledge sharing, network sharing, all those sorts of, of things. And in the process of doing that, our lawyers said, we love the, the, the name Hone. It's, it's symbolic. You're bridging generations. But there's a guy you need to talk to to get permission to use this name. And his name is Dan Steininger. And Dan <laughs> is the grandson of Daniel Hone. Yes. <laughs> um, and we said, oh, well, we each of us knew Dan. And so we met with Dan. And he said, of course, you can use the name. I love it. Uh, whatever I can do to help. And so as, as Ian and I were leaving Dan's office, he said, by the way, one of the first projects that your group should work on is lighting up the Hone Bridge and told us a story about when the bridge was sort of redecked back in like 2011 or 12, a 200 and some odd million dollar project. Uh, there was about a million and a half dollars set aside for beautification and they were going to light up the bridge. And then as things tend to do, politics got in the way that that line item of the budget was pulled and the lights never made it up on the bridge. And Dan said, this would be a perfect thing for your group to kind of coalesce around and do this. And he and I left and we're like, okay, Dan, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, sounds good. And so a couple weeks pass and I can't get it out of my head. I keep thinking about this project and what it could do for the city. And at about that time, uh, the Bucks had just drafted this um, tiny Greek uh, basketball player <laughs> named Giannis. And <laughs> the whole world was sort of like, wow, who's this guy? And ESPN was doing a, a televised night game of the Bucks, And Ian and I both happened to be watching that game separately in our homes. And there was a live shot where they were panning uh, the city skyline, and they were kind of they were they were panning they were facing north, looking north, and the the NM Tower was under construction, and cranes were in the air, and the city was lit up bright, and it looked beautiful. And then they panned south, and then there was just nothing. And I knew that that was where the Hone Bridge was, and where the Harbor District is, and all that. And there was just and that's that's where the shot ended. And I'm like, oh, we can't that can't be the final impression that people have of our of our city. And mm-hmm. as this realization is happening, my phone rings. It's Ian. He's like, dude, are you watching the, the basketball game right now? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he's like, we got to light that bridge. And that's really how how this started. From there, we started doing our homework. This is, you know, three, four years ago now and looking at other communities that had taken on projects similar to this. And we came across a project in Edmonton and uh, they lit up a a big bridge in their downtown and they did it in a way where um, people could purchase light bulbs and dedicate them to someone or something positive about the city of Edmonton. And we were like, wow, what a unique way to do this. And you could do it for as little as $25. And they, they were telling us about a kindergarten class 
class where each kid came in one day with one dollar from home and they pooled their money and they bought a light bulb for their kindergarten class. It was those sorts of stories that, that came out. And the people in Edmonton were so great to us and they were saying, you know, all of these stories that we never knew were happening in our community suddenly surfaced via this, this project. And the community just took ownership of it. And even though many of the people who were donating to that project couldn't physically see the bridge, they felt a connection. It, was, it wasn't necessarily about the lights on the bridge. It was about what the bridge represented mm-hmm. in Edmonton. And we said, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to do something like that. And so we set out to model that and build upon it and say that, that from day one, this can't just be about putting light bulbs on a bridge. It's not going to resonate with everyone. And as we talked with people in the community and in neighborhoods and, and so forth and said, what does that bridge mean to you? What does Milwaukee mean to you? We kept hearing about a growing sense of pride. There was this pride growing in our city. And while we all know the challenges facing Milwaukee, um, we also were realizing that that there's a lot of good happening and good happening around some of those challenges and we're making progress and people were feeling pride in their city and the ability for people to work through this project for as little as $25 allowed them to feel some connection you know as as young leaders Ian and I feel like we we don't always have the ability to be a, a change agent in the community you know if you want to give to the symphony for example let's see yeah, I've got to write a check for a thousand dollars and sure they would have taken my $25 and I would have been happy to give it but this was about how do we get people just feeling some sense of, of, of connection and ownership. Exactly. And so as we started going through the project, uh, it was really about that community element of it. And that's really been our kind of our guiding lens uh, through the whole thing. And, and um, that connection point to Mark was another example of how we were able to, uh, in a really unique way, uh, create a new sense of community around, around the project. So we're in the process of fundraising now. Uh, we have approvals from just about every person with a .gov uh, email address, <laughs> and that took about two and a half years to do that. So... Uh, and we have tremendous support from those uh, government agencies as well because um, I think deep down they want to see that just as much as we do. And we have a great opportunity with this little convention coming into town next year <laughs> uh, to really get this thing done in time for that. So what does that look like for a listener if they say, um, so I did it for my employees and grandkids and, you mm-hmm. know, because I just thought that that is so cool to go by there and say, you know, I'm up, you know, yeah. we're up there. But um, so maybe in a way it's like buying a brick when yeah. we did the bricks and things mm-hmm. like that. So if a company is interested um, or an individual, how do they how do they get involved? And um, actually, I think what we'll do is we'll take a break and let's talk about your website and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And then I also want um, Mark you to talk a little bit about what the kids are doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you talked about changing lights and mm-hmm. colors and a whole bunch of fun things. Yeah. I'm guessing it might even go along with the fireworks with music or something. Who knows, it right? certainly could. Wow. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Mark, changing everything now. we got to change it all. That would be amazing. And I could see it right from where yeah, I right, live. Right. So that would be good. Right. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee 
Lee's Philanthropic Community. It's brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you would like to hear both of these, this one interview with these two wonderful people, I'm talking about the Island of Brilliance and Light the Hone, you can go to ellenbecker.com, go to radio shows, and click on that, and you will be able to see all the different um, philanthropic groups and um, charities that we have interviewed and that's been something that has been just mind-boggling for me is how much is happening in this community and you say people are committed you just have to look at what's happening and go to our website and look at we have even begun to interview um, everyone that's in this community and uh, also if you are an organization and would like to be on the show you can call Ellen Becker Investment Group at 262-691-3200 so we're on our last segments we've got a lot of things to do so Michael a little bit more about uh, lighting it how do people get involved what are some of the things that you see happening in the community and I believe last year people were holding um, raising money in little groups yeah Things. Yeah. So there's lots of good stuff that people can do. Right, yeah. Um, anybody who wants to get involved should check out our website, lightthehone.com. Uh, there you can donate, of course, but you can also read through the dedications. We've got 2,000 dedications that have come through on this website, oh everything from birth announcements to um, to wedding proposals Is that and everything. Is that through owning a light bulb? Through owning a bulb. They'll dedicate a bulb to their to their unborn child or to their new fiance or whatever the case might be, or to a memory or, you know, the stories of people driving over the Hone Bridge. You know, so many people, I, I, I guess I didn't realize, so many people thought that it was called the Home Bridge because when you're driving <laughs> over it into the city, you have this amazing, like, I'm home, you know, especially <laughs> from the airport. And so, um, so a lot of stories around that. You can dedicate a bulb for as little as $25, uh, all the way up to 500 on the website. But we also know that we can't do this on $25 and $50 light bulbs alone. We need to raise um, uh, a total of $4 million for the project, and that includes 10 years of ongoing maintenance and, mm. and electrical costs uh, for the project. Um, so we need people that are willing to give a little bit more than, than $25 and $50 as well. And there's a form there on the website that they can reach out and get in touch with us there. Um, some great opportunities the, the lights have technology that they can change and so if you're a large organization and you want to dedicate to employees but also give it a level where you can change the bulbs to your company's colors or your organization's colors all of that is, is mm-hmm. possible thanks now to uh, our work with with mark and and the island students we we have the ability to do this sort of programming which is how this whole partnership got going in the first place and how do they do that the programming. How do they um, for the light bulbs? So, mm-hmm. is this just a, a machine that they're putting together that controls that, and they all get to work on it, or how does that happen? The the project we're working on right now is a virtual reality experience. So you'll mm-hmm. be able to put on, let's say, like an Oculus headset, and be able to see what the bridge looks like when it'll be fully lit up, mm-hmm. and and you'll be able to. Uh, change the the lighting sequences within that experience. So that's what we're building initially. Another output of this is is we want to create um, sort of a, a, a sandbox, if you will, so that people can uh, drag and drop code that will create lighting sequences that you'll be able to see on a laptop. So it's a little bit of a learning module, specifically probably for middle and high schoolers interested in learning uh, STEM-based curriculum. So that that's something that we see coming out of this project that can be shared throughout the entire community. So if you think in terms of uh, neurodiverse 
kids creating learning experience for the greater community, mm -hmm. that's what this mm -hmm. partnership is mm -hmm. about. So those are the stories we want to tell. So, uh, And we're just kind of getting started around uh, what are all the deliverables, if you will, coming out of, out of this partnership. So, How many light bulbs are there going to be? That's a great question. <laughs> um, and I have a number that Phillips is, we're working with Phillips to do this. And I think it was like around half a million wow. light bulbs. Um, and, and that's really been kind of the interesting element in all of this is that, you know, the technology around this, these, these lights can sync to live music at Summerfest. They can react instantly when the brewers hit a home run or whatever the case might be. Um, but the, the coding element of that is something that, that needs to, to happen, and there mm -hmm. needs to be talent and people who can do that. And in working with Mark, we're learning that, that this is something that the Islands kids could definitely mm -hmm. take on. And Phillips uh, got, to their credit, incredibly excited about this and said we'll put resources towards this and, and help and mm -hmm. train trainers here locally because they also are like thinking well maybe we can hire some of these kids because we have assets around the world like the Empire State Building, the Bay Bridge and in San Francisco, the London Eye that people need coding uh, experience mm -hmm. and, and talent to be able to do those things. So imagine a world where we've got neurodiverse kids not only teaching other people how to code but doing this coding themselves not only for the Hone Bridge but for other assets all around the world, uh, right here in Milwaukee. It makes me smile because my grandson was over this weekend, and um, he was hungry. And I said, go in the refrigerator. There's some, a thing of carrots and celery. And I'd put it up quite high on the thinking I was going to get it. And he came out and said, I can't find it. It's not there. And I said, Jaden, it's there. Go look. Came back, and he couldn't find it. And I said, it really is there. And he comes running down, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. Yeah. And my friend looked at me and said, you just made his day. And I'm guessing that that's what the kids feel like, too. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. And I know that many times people don't um, intentionally try to give children, uh, any kids, um, the idea that, they can't do something or maybe they're not special. But I'm guessing since this doctor did that to you mm -hmm. that it does happen. And so I can only imagine how gratifying and satisfying and uplifting it must be when they see that light on those bridges mm -hmm. go on yeah, right. and know that they're part of that process. Correct. Yeah. I mean, something that is really amazing. So, Mark, um, how do people get involved in your organization sure. and your website mm -hmm. and um, if they know somebody that they think might be interested in mm -hmm. what you're doing? Yeah. So uh, through our website and email list, we have ongoing monthly workshops. I will say this, they fill up extremely fast within days. So we were getting ready for our summer workshops. Those have been full for... And where are they held? We're down in the third ward at 415 East Menominee Street. We have a design studio there. So mm -hmm. our actual learning environment does not look like a classroom. It looks like a tech firm or a design firm. So that sets a different expectation for learning, mm -hmm. right? Uh, parents or anyone interested can visit our site, islandsofbrilliance.org. Dot org, if you will. Uh, and there's information on, on upcoming opportunities for workshops. Uh, we're always looking for volunteers, particularly those who are involved in design or coding or 3D modeling. This is a uniquely Milwaukee story. It has been built by our volunteer community. We can't express enough gratitude for the people who have been involved. So there's a way to get involved as a volunteer as well. 
And one of the things that I'm always looking for, of course, is ideas for my retiring clients. Mm -hmm. And so many of them have had these wonderful careers. They have their mind that they want to retire, um, but they still want to contribute. And so in both of your organizations, is there room for that? Is that the type of thing? So how how does that look with the home? Uh, We have uh, street teams and whatnot. All during the summer, we'll be out at festivals taking uh, donations and dedicating bulbs. And we just want people to be out there representing. Presenting us and it. talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're always, and there's a free t shirt in it for him at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> and in terms of people wanting to volunteer, yeah. what does that look like in your organization, Mark? You know, both for, you know, in the workshops, there's a specific skill set we're looking for, but we do a lot of special events. So, there's things we're doing at, uh, Wisconsin State Fair. We're having exhibit during the State Fair mm-hmm. this year, which is fun. Uh, and then our big fundraiser is Colors and Chords, which is in November 22nd at Turner Hall. Michael has been there. Michael's mm-hmm. boss, Julia Taylor mm-hmm. of the Greater Milwaukee Committee, was one of our onstage artists last mm-hmm. year. So with events like that where we need 60-plus volunteers, there's lots of opportunity to become involved with the program if you don't know the software. <laughs> so, um, Michael, what do you want to leave the listeners with? That's a great question. I think that with this project combined with Islands of Brilliance, that bridge every night will represent and remind people of the power of community. And if we can come together and change a city's skyline, $25 at a time, one Islands of Brilliance student at a time, uh, think of what we can do. To, to really impact our city in the future. It's really about bridging. It is. So many things. And Mark, mm-hmm. what would you like to leave the listeners with? Well, I think, you know, you alluded to it a lot of refusing to accept uh, what we were told. And I chalk it up to like, we're just good citizens. And I think becoming involved in your community is really needed right now. So if you want to see the change in the community, then you have to be actively involved. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark, I want to thank you. I think um, what you've done is just great. And the same for lighting the home, Michael. I think that is great. And it's exciting to see these types of things happening in our yeah. community. Mm-hmm. And I always say Milwaukee is a hidden secret. You know, yeah. There's so many good things happening here. And, so, and I want to... Um, if there's any further organizations or anyone that your website is for. Islands of Brilliance. Islands of Brilliance. Okay. Yep. And the Hone? Lightthehone.com. Okay. Well, join us next week. We'll be um, talking to other inspiring guests who will make a difference in our community. Be sure to stay tuned for our Money Sense show, which is on at 12 o'clock noon. And I hope that everyone has a great, great weekend. And remember that before we invest, before we advise, we always listen. Bye.